0: Welcome to Business Meets Spirituality, where we believe in personal growth through business success. I'm joined by Hallie Warner, and both of our voices today are going to be a little down. And Hallie actually just told me that I am going to win every argument that she throws today because we just came off um, a four-day bender of speaking nonstop at um, events throughout um, the great state of Da- Texas, in Dallas. in Dallas. Yes, it's a struggle for everybody here today. <laughs> uh, so we're super excited to be here because we also, though, by doing that, you get a lot of clarity and you get a lot of questions from people who are listening to this podcast. And one question really resonated a lot, right, Hallie? Uh-
1: yeah, well, it's a question that we got both at this at the event from all our various speaking engagements while we were there and panels and networking. Um, but it's a question that we get a lot um, from our book and people who read our blog and who are messaging us and emailing us. And the question is... What is the question? You can say it.
0: I could say it. Well, I mean, so Hallie doesn't want to talk about it, but so people ask a lot and they say, well, hey, how do I go hire a Hallie, right? We hear that like, hey, where do I go find my Hallie? they're not, Hallie's not like hiding underneath a Christmas tree somewhere, right? Like people think like, it's just going to be like, you're going to go to like Walmart and it's going to be on an aisle and you, you pick the person up and I'm just having fun with the conversation. But then Hallie always turns around and asks the different question. If somebody, if a CEO, an entrepreneur, an executive asks me and says, how do I go find a Hallie? Hallie turns around and says,
1: and I always ask them back, well, are you an Adam?
0: And I think that is the, the key point, not that are you Adam, it's, it's anybody that you're looking up to that has achieved some level of success, at least in the material world. Um, and really what that matters is business equals people, right? There's no question about that. If you're running a business, there's people involved. A sole entrepreneur or sole proprietorship is can run a business by themselves through themselves. That's different, nothing wrong with that. But when you're talking about building a business, whether you're building somebody else's business, you're building a division of a business, you have a part in building a business, but when you're building that, you then start leading with people. And business, equals people because the people that you hire attract and keep will grow your business to the level that people that you have however the problem with business is people yes. <laughs> because you can it's for all the different reasons from people leaving to people stealing to people not showing up to people not being held accountable all of these things that show up you know it's actually funny we we're sitting down and we we're in a, uh, a talent meeting uh, over the weekend with an individual and this guy was with me also interviewing her as well too and said, Hey, you know, this job isn't for everybody. And I sat there for a second and I just had to share this after they got done their rant. I said, well, of course it's not for everybody. Like, right. Like think about just that context. Like, oh, this job is not for everybody. Just think of like, is, is football like professional sports teams for everybody? No. Like if you're running at the level that we're talking about, how do I ha- hire a Hallie or how do you be an Adam or how to be fill in the blank for whoever you're trying to be? You Yes, of course not. I mean, very few people, I actually responded and said, I don't think less than, I don't, I wouldn't want less than, there's probably 1% of people that are out there that you would actually hire. Mm -hmm. And so of course it's not for everybody. And so then the question becomes, how do you go after and how do you attract that 1%?
1: Yeah, because when people ask us that question, what they're really asking is, I'm looking for a talented high achiever who's going to help my business grow. And when, with our responses, well, then you need to be a talented high achiever. Yes. in 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 an amazing leader as well. So then how do we help somebody become that talented leader in order to attract the right people?
0: Yeah, and and I think the the key concept to this is that there's not one thing that you can do Um, we could put a blanket statement that says self-leadership precedes leadership, meaning that you become the leader, but that's still philosophical, right? It's still like people hear that I'll be the leader and say like, why am I a leader? But how come I don't have, you know, my, you know, Gary Keller or Tony Robbins next to me, right? How come I don't have that person? Well, it's because then you got to break it down even way beyond what leadership, the definition of leadership means and really making sure that you're focused, you're doing really tough things every single day that are growing yourself. I literally wake up every single day within tension behind myself to make sure that I'm a better leader, human being, father, you know, business owner than I was the day before. That's in, Michael Jordan said that, right? He said in the very beginning, he said, I don't compete with anybody else. I'm only competing with who I am mm-hmm. and how I get better. And so the question becomes we, wherever you're starting out. And I think we, we talked about this before we jumped in the podcast. One thing I want people to take away from this is that wherever you are, you can always be the shiner of what group you're in. Meaning, you can always shine where whatever level you're playing at currently. In, in, in order to get to the next level, because we know that when you're building a business or you're an executive building a business, whatever that concept is that you're moving through, you always move through levels. Now, the faster you work on yourself, the more faster you work through these levels. But just like when you're in peewee baseball, right? And you're, before you get to the major leagues, you've played in Pee-Wee baseball, right? And how do you be the star in the Pee-Wee baseball? You show up earlier, you work harder, you listen to the coaches, you follow the wisdom that people are doing there. You hold yourself accountable to the results, right? You just, and it comes, you, you, you work tirelessly. It's
1: a difference between being a professional and amateur in yes. whatever you do.
0: Yes, exactly. And then like away right from peewee, you then move to call it middle school, then middle school, how do you be the one that's showing up more, right? Right. And then in, how in, do you lead
1: the group? How, how are you, you showing up? Are you the captain? Are you, even if you're not the captain, are you leading through influence by planning other events or you know helping the team engage?
0: That's exactly right. I mean, and so when, when a coach is coaching an eighth grade baseball team, they can clearly see who the captains are. They can clearly see the people who are shining. In fact, you in the group can clearly see the people who are shining. And and it doesn't
1: always mean they're the best at no. the actual sport, though. They could just be... The best at leading others.
0: Well, that's the question. Then you're driving into like job versus leadership, know, right? Like you brought me down that path. Yeah. Like, is like, yes, you can be like that. We're, but you're right, though. It doesn't matter. So if you're really good at your job, then you, you perform really well as your job or an individual athlete. If you're shining as a leader, then you'll, your path will then ultimately lead to being the best in leadership that you can be, right? And so that's just, in sports is easy to see that, right? So you can do that. And then when you get in high school, how do you be the shining star of high school? You just keep applying that same format to everything that you do. It's also a level of confidence, not hubris. Hubris means that I know everything and I'm the best. Confidence just means... I actually don't know anything. In fact, the more I learn, I actually know nothing, but I'm willing to put in the time and energy and effort to make sure that I learn it because I know that I can, right? And then, then I can apply it to my life no matter what that I do, right? So if you want to attract these type of people that are in your life, so you can, you can build the business that you want so that you can exceed, achieve the freedom and the financial measurements that you want, you have to start no matter where you are shining and being the individual that shows up differently. Than everybody else. I guess that's where I was going with that question. When people said, when they said, "Hey, we, we know this job isn't for everybody." Yeah, how do you show up differently so that the people that are actually gonna make that next hire in you or invest into you look at you and say, "Yeah, they're different. They're different." Which when you when you're different, if every if 99% of people are going left, you go right. And by the way, when you go right, it's going to feel like you're out in the middle of the forest. But the one person that's sitting back there watching the entire group that's just achieved the level above you is watching the one or two people that go right. A great example of this, and I've shared this in Limitless courses and stuff that we have, and it's just a, it was really fascinating. Um, I had a professor in college. His name was Jim Gatti, Professor Gatti. Actually, him and I became pretty good friends afterwards. And he was notorious in college for having the toughest exams. And he was, it was a finance is uh, um university of Vermont and finance and finance was the toughest course you could take in the business school. And a lot of it had to do with him because everyone had the, this one class called 181. It was, it was bizad 181 and it was so hard. Right. And he made his exams so hard. Now what he did do, is he always curved them. Um, but every exam that you would take, the median in the class would be like a 30, and he ended up scaling at like 50 points or whatever it is. So you just knew you'd scale it. And so like everyone ended up getting their grades up, right? He was also, by the way, he was the one professor who taught this course called Advanced Honors Wall Street Seminar, which it's funny um, because, oh, let me just finish the story and I'll loop back into that, that story. So anyways, he always curved the exam. So anyway, when we got done school, um, about a couple of years afterwards, I started achieving a little level of success. I asked him to go play golf. And I think it's important to stay connected to those people. So I ended up um, playing golf when we having a couple of rounds and I sat there and I, and we were like, a, I remember this, we were just about the tee off. And I said, hey, Jim, I got to ask you, it was so funny at calling him Jim, by the way, because there's always professor and I said, Hey Jim, right. And I said, uh, he's so gruff and short and it's just the way he responds. Um, I said, why did you make your tests so hard? Like why you ended up scaling him? He goes, well, Adam, he was, he said, you're missing the whole point. He said it was very easy. He said, if I made my exam so that everyone could get an 85 on them, how would I know the people that shined? How would I know the people that actually stood out? Because every time I had an exam, one or two people got a 75 or an 80 before the scale and everyone else was a 30. So I made my tests, I made the environment so difficult that only a few people could actually achieve the level that I wanted to see people achieving at before I scaled. And so it was his way of identifying talent, right? Because now everyone's at a 30. If ever, the median's at a 30 and you've got two or three people getting a 70 or an 80 on the exam, how much do they show up differently? It's very clear, right? And so it was a really powerful thing. So I think it's the same way. How do, if everyone else is running at a 30, how do you show up as an 80? right? How do you be the one that's showing up so somebody else can see you? So anyways, you know, and what's really fascinating is he was kind of closing the loop on this. He was, um, he also taught a course called advanced honors wall street seminar, which in those exams, by the way, I probably got like a 50, I was like 20 points above. There was definitely clearly a couple of people that were just intelligently smarter than I am for books and and test taking. In fact, there was one individual there. He's a really good friend of mine. He's actually extremely, he's like one of the first 30 employees at Amazon and he's just killing it over there right now. Um, and it, he would literally study for like an hour for like these exams. And I would study for like a hundred <laughs> and he would go in there and get like an, literally be the one guy that got like an 85, like unbelievable. He just, the way he just intellectually uh, could understand things was really incredible. I think everyone knows those people, but anyway, so we, he was in charge of this course that every that was very lauded in the business school that everyone wanted to get into. And they had they allowed six people in the course out of the entire business school, which, you know, had 10,000 kids in it, right? It was called advanced honors wall street seminar. And guess who taught that course? Jim Gatty, because he was the one that was best at what identifying talent mm-hmm. throughout the entire business school. And so what, the reason why he taught it and what was funded was all of these investment firms down on Wall Street who had gone through Gaddy and knew that who would know the most talented people would be Jim. Cool. So it all yeah, it all made a ton of sense after the fact, right? Of course when you're in there taking the exam, you're like just frustrated but this is so difficult and do this. But when you kind of look back on this and you run your own business, you're like, wow, that was an amazing job of setting up talent. So I I um I actually got it was the day that he was selecting it, I remember just staying in my dorm room just by my email. This is before that we had even cell phones, right? I had a pager, but pager—you couldn't get like an email from it, right? But I remember sitting there, like, can I? Do I get selected in this course? Did I get selected in this course? I guess because it was just—it wasn't just in his class, it was, and, and and on all classes. Um, and I—I I was the sixth person into that class. And it was funny, is people got frustrated with me that I got in it because there was people that had higher grades and that were more on some boards and doing all these different things and and all this stuff. I actually got put in the group. I had I had like a B in his group, and and everyone else like an A plus, and was like chairman of this and this sorority and all these different things. And there's just me. Right. Um, and later on, I asked him, I said, why did I get chosen in that group? And I beat out other people. And he just said, clearly you just, your work ethic was harder than anybody else I've ever seen. And that's, and that, so I showed, and I was like, why didn't, when you're doing your work ethic, it wasn't like I was doing it, like thinking that I was working hard on everybody else. Like, you just do it. You just show up. Right. Um, and so I thought, that was kind of interesting that how clearly he could see that. And it wasn't all about the intellectual, right? So like he put that into that course. And by the way, that course getting in there was the one it was like a six month semester and we were interning down on Wall Street, which allowed us to go present high yield bond recommendations to these massive boards on Wall Street, which, you know, then I in that group, guess what? I tried to take the lead and actually present everything in there. And on a side note, this whole story, the first time we flew down there, like the, the school paid. For us to fly down there. We got a hotel and we're all in there and we're all in all our suits and we're like in college. And I go in there and like, they're like, Hey Adam, you're going to start this presentation off. Cause of course it was, I volunteered to like jump in there and I'll present this whole thing. I got these guys, right? Like this type of thing. I get in the board and I forget what the first, it was a junk bond recommendation. And there's this literally like this, an actual wall street and it's called Hooli and Loki Howard group. And it was one of the groups there. And, um, and they had a investment banking. There's like 13 investment bankers, senior investment bankers that are all in there. I'm walking in and I started sweating. I was like, these guys are extremely intimidating. First of all, you're just on Wall Street and like everything is just different than Vermont, right? Um, And I'm in this board meeting and I start off in the first like six minutes, I'm stumbling over my words. I'm trying to make this recommendation. And one of the guys just stops me midway and he's like, none of what you're saying right now makes sense. And I was like, and I just looked at my professor like he was going to come up and save me. He just looked at me and like, dude, you're on your own right now. Like, this is exactly what you need to learn. I'm looking at everyone else to try to jump in. But after that guy just made that comment, nobody else is jumping in right now. And so I'm like, damn, like this is a stressful moment for me right now. But it was a really cool gift because I just got to work through it and we got to massage the whole thing. And and anyways, it ended up working out and I ended up, um, the story, you know, we kind of worked through those whole things we worked with another firm and pretty much everybody in that group got a job offer down on wall street. If you wanted it, you can go down there because it was guaranteed if you got into that group that you would have some sort of job offer on wall street. and, And, and of course, majority of them, except for me did, I stayed in Vermont, um, for other reasons, but, um, it was, it was, it was clear as day there. So it doesn't matter what level you're at. The thing is, wherever you're at, how do you stand out? How do you be the individual that's going to run faster, that run right when everyone runs left? How are you going to be the one that either outworks them, outthinks them, is a different thought leader? You bring a concept to the world and business meets spirituality, right? How do you bring something that somebody else isn't? Or maybe it's just beginning. How do you bring that out? How do you do something in your current profession that everyone else is doing that you just decide to go a different direction on? Whether you succeed or not actually isn't the answer. I mean, success is great from that, but really talented leaders see when people are going against the grain to actually go, they might not have succeeded in that, but boy, that was, I took a lot of risk and guts, right? That took a lot of drive and energy to do that. How do I get in relationship with them? So that's what you do, right? And so when you think about that, how do I see so you've got? You've been taking copious notes over here. I know it's <laughs> well, not notes; they're questions. They're, well, a
1: couple of points um, about what you just said that we can then take that and apply it to business. So one of the things I heard you say is that um, that your professor did is he was watching talent for a while before he placed them in those and that advanced honors yes. Wall Street course. So when we're hiring talent, um, one of the best places to start is. Looking internally because it gives you it's almost like a training ground for your own talent for um, different positions. So I just want people to you know yeah, hear that great. that really watch. The best way is just to watch what they do, watch how they show up, and then you can tap them for different opportunities or for bigger opportunities along the way. Um, and then the other thing I heard you say is that I mean really with the testing made me think of one, looking for the track record of success, which you were just talking about. And then two, once you are about to hire somebody or getting close to hiring somebody, giving them some sort of test, giving them an assignment, um, having them shadow you for a day or having them, in our case, we um, had some of our most recent hires do an assignment or write some sort of proposal for us to see how they would perform. And we ended up hiring them because they did a great job on those things. So those are just some different ways to really make sure you're hiring the right people. Yeah, in
0: fact, right now, we're actually thinking about launching another company and I actually had an individual we're taking along give me an entire presentation about what he would do if he got, awarded this leadership position would be the first 30 things that he, 30 days that he did. And he typed out this entire I don't know, 20 page booklet about what he would do. And the answer, it doesn't matter what the answer is. Right.
1: Right. I, I think two things. One, does somebody even do it? Yes. Which is the, the first, the first yes. piece. And then two, what does it look like? Does it look like something you could actually use in your business? Actually, now they think about it before mm-hmm. I get hired here. Um, this is almost 10 years ago, I applied for another job, and they had me do that. They had me write this whole, like, zoning proposal, and I had no idea. I know, knew nothing about development and zoning, and I had to write this entire proposal. Um, I did a ton of research, and I wrote it, and they had told me they hired me because um, they said they could have actually used that proposal in their business, like, that day, um, and I had no idea what I was doing. So, um Just one reason why we do that for other people.
0: And I can see on the other side, I can think of an individual that you probably can too that came in, interviewed very well, Definitely showed a lot of talent. Was kind of going a little up and down, different things. And we asked him to get back to us with different answers and different things. And it was slow. Oh yeah, we had to pull it out of them. And then at some point, you kind of walked in and you're like, "I think we're just done with this person." I said, "Yeah, just be done with them." And then and and then we just didn't really respond, and they kind of respond and kind of deselected themselves. But if you drag things out a little bit, particularly in the hiring process, to see how people behave,
1: right? And how badly do they they want it? Exactly. How badly do they want to be part of our? world and our company and you can tell the people who do they're the ones who keep responding they're the ones who go out and say i just read this book and oh you were recommended these three books too i just went and read those and you, you can tell. and
0: I don't you think tell. you can give this example enough, but it's when you are, if you're in the back of an auditorium and you're trying to run and you're trying to get up on stage and the stage is the goal for your business, right? And you've got a 300 yard run. Most people, and there's a thousand people in the audience. Most people are, are what they're doing is they're walking down the middle of the, the aisle trying to get to the end goal and the stage. And that's their end goal of their business, at least for the, the foreseeable future. They're grabbing people out of the audience because they can't do it themselves. And they're trying to throw them on their back. They're trying to carry them in a, in a sled. They're trying to Put them in front of them. They're trying to kick them when they fall. All these different things. You're trying to put all these people on there, which prevents you from ever getting to the stage because it gets too weighted down that you actually can't move forward with it.
1: Well, then you end up wanting their career growth and their success more than. Exactly. They do. Exactly. Which is exhausting.
0: Yes, it's extremely exhausting because as soon you wake up every day and you pull everybody up there and you get to the end of the day, you're like, oh man, that was a lot. And, you, and then you wake up the next morning and go, I gotta do this again. And that's what burnout causes from because you don't have the right people around you. Instead of, right? Instead of getting back at the auditorium and just running, Yelling out your vision yelling out who you are yelling out what you're looking for yelling out where you're going and you see who stands up and goes I really like that message and they start running with you or faster than you that way you're not pulling anybody they're pulling you and then you're supporting them. And so it's a, an easy analogy to see that, but so when you, in the real world, it is like, are you making this hire because in within 24 hours, cause you absolutely need to, and you just throw somebody in the position to get it there. And then you wonder why they're not a Hallie or somebody else in your organization. And, or are you just, um, are you not really applying? Are you, are you too, the thing is people aren't building the bench, right? There's not a bench for any of these positions. Or,
1: or building their own brand, which is yes. back to what we were talking about attracting talent. Like, are you really clear on who you are, what you want, where you're going? Does it attract people to you yeah. so that you can actually build a bench?
0: Yeah, and it actually goes really well this quote, right? That um, it says, hire people who want to work the way you work, who don't get offended by the way you work.
1: Yeah, I, lo- I love that for multiple reasons because we're going through some hires right now. And I'm like, they're hires that are going to be very close to both mm-hmm. of us. And... Not everybody likes the way that we work. But I think we're very clear yes. about how we work, not just through our blog or through our book or through the podcast, but I mean, when we're going through the interviewing process, I mean, we are clear. i I to a certain degree, I almost want to almost want to scare yes. people off because yes. they don't know what they're getting into until they get in here. So the more I can prepare them is the people who keep coming back and saying, that sounds amazing. I want, I want a part of that yes. or who, who ultimately end up being the right people.
0: Yeah. And when you think about it, like if somebody said, Hey, I want you to come work on wall street with me. What's the first thing that would go through your head about wall street?
1: Um, I hate cities. <laughs> but the, the second thing would be, the second thing would be that that is a hundred hour week. Work exactly. Weeks.
0: It's very clear, right? So there's not even like, they don't have to explain that. And that's just their expectation. If you don't want to come in and expect it to work a hundred hours a week, don't even apply. Right. Don't even apply, right? Just don't even do it. And so the same thing, just how do you create a business and an opportunity for people that want to work the way you work and you don't have to apologize for it? And then the thing is, is when, when you have somebody that, when maybe it's your first couple hires and this kind of derails you, right? Somebody's like, well, I can never work for you. Do different things? But oh, you're gonna hear that. You're gonna hear it. That's why I started off by saying the majority of people aren't gonna wanna work for you. That's what you should. That should be, <laughs> they shouldn't want to because if the majority of people want to work really understand the way you work, right, then you're probably not very clear on your messaging.
1: Right. Or or what are your standards? What are your expectations? How high do you hold people accountable? If all of that is... Like middle of the road, then sure you're going to hire, you're going to f- attract a lot of people who are just like, ah, cool. I can work thirty hours a week, and no one's going to hold me accountable.
0: So, what is then if people listen to this, What is the first couple things they do to kind of start standing out, right? Like, what is something that you do, Howie, in your day, or um, that just starts me, ma- or or that you can give advice, or maybe that you see that I do, or something along those lines, yeah. or that's just because you're close, like that that is making it so that you go, okay, how do you stand out in whatever? Whatever league you're playing in, right? Like I'm not playing in Bill Gates' league, right? And there's a whole bunch of leagues in between there, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna be in Bill Gates' league. I'm not gonna donate a hundred, you know, million dollars to the coronavirus that just happened, right? That's that's an amazing thing that he can do, right? So we're all playing at a different league. But how what do you what do you recommend wherever the league is that somebody's playing at? How, what do they do to start standing out?
1: Well, I think for you it is Absolutely, that you start by leading yourself first, and you do that. You do that through multiple different ways, and we've talked about that, some of them before on the podcast. By the books that you read, by um, having a morning, a really disciplined morning routine.
0: I also think too that um, when it comes into it, when you think about just not just discipline, it's also um, as a leader, you better behave like the person that you know that you need to be to attract the people that you have and so I think that behavior word is really critical right and so it's like how do you behave as the leader that attracts people and it's behavior in what how he started getting off and it's like the discipline it's behavior in how you read books it's behavior about how you speak to people it's behavior about your your how you behave outside of work that everyone's paying attention to it's what, behavior what say on yes. social media yeah, so it's, what you
1: say yes to what you say no to
0: every it's just so it's it's not it's not just one thing it's actually how you live your life,
1: mm-hmm. how you show up every day.
0: Yes, and that's what I want people to take away. Is it's everything that you do. How do you respond to your kids when they show up? How do you when when all of a sudden shit's hitting the fan? How do you respond? Right? When 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 a tough decision needs to be made and everyone knows what it is, they might not even admit it to you. How do you make that decision? That's how people are watching. That's the behavior that you have to put in is letting go of the outcome, making peace with that, and making the decision and showing up as that leader. So that then people wake up and go, I didn't want to make that decision. Boy, and I'm glad you did. There's actually an individual that came to me the other day that said, hey, one of the reasons why I'm part of your organization is because I know that there's very, there's a lot of things that I just won't make the decision on, and you will. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying there's plenty of people that, that are do it just like I do, right? There's plenty of people that show up that way. And and just so how do you start doing that whatever league that you're playing in? Whether you have one employee or zero employees, start showing up that way so you can be the person that then somebody goes man, I don't know what that guy's doing or woman's doing, but I want to be around that because I want to be part of that because of what they're doing and where they're going and what they're leading.
1: And, and who they are just as a person. Yes. Yeah.
0: but it's, So it's like, I don't know how much more granular I can get with it. It's literally every action that you take.
1: So this is what makes me think of um, Relentless, the book. Yes. It's, it's being a cleaner. Yeah. it's It doesn't matter what role you're in, you know, what job you're in, what company you're in. If you work at home, if you work from home, come into an office every day. Are you showing up every day as a pro as, I mean, I don't know how else to say it other than be a cleaner.
0: Yeah. What I love in, in that book, Relentless, he talks about like the highest performing athletes because sports is very easy to kind of watch that way. Like, you know, most athletes show up and they work out during it, but the cleaners are there before and they're there after and they're there when nobody else knows they're there. Right. Yes. And they're just showing up. Like yeah. you're not ever, you're not doing it necessarily to, so people see it. See it. You're just because showing up because you yeah. have to show up
1: because it's just, you don't know any other way. To yeah. be.
0: Like at four o'clock in the morning when you wake up and like, nobody's watching you and you can skip a workout, you skip a workout. <laughs> right. People just see that over time. Right. Like, did you just everything you do is going to, when you, when you think about the people that you follow the most. It's who they are, right? Which is then just a reflection of their daily actions, not one action one time, once a year, like Christmas, right? It's everyday, daily things. So, a couple things that you can do. Number one is start by doing something. This is kind of explained to you start by doing something that people know is hard, right? So, again, I don't care what it is. You can do it. I'm just going to give you a couple examples. Maybe it's a running a 5K right? Maybe it's running an Ironman and anyone in between, right? Maybe it's that you're going to start using a 411 because you haven't used the 411, which is just another way to say, I'm going to use a business plan every single day. Maybe it's that you're going to go lose weight. Maybe it's that you're going to, um, write a book, write a book. Maybe it's, you're going to start a blog. Maybe it's that you're going to go do live on Facebook because that's something you've been doing. Uh, You pick, I don't care what technique it is that you use. The difference is, is do you do it? Not just one day, not just two days, not for a week, right? I mean, do you do it when everything else is against you that says, don't do this today? Do you still show up to be that person? Because that's how people wake up and go, I know how, they're not going to come up to you. This is, this is what you're realize is that people doesn't walk up to you all the time and go, man, I know how difficult it must be to be your life and like do all these different things and have all the, and just kind of lead this and get up every morning and do these different things that you're doing and lead that stuff. And I really appreciate that. And I just want to follow that. They just intuitively know it right? They don't, it doesn't need to be said because your actions are saying it. So there isn't really this kind of acknowledgement of it from your peers or people the majority of the time. So, it, so when that doesn't happen, you tend to feel like, well, it's not working, right? And so people then get lost and like, well, it's not working. I'm not seeing people aren't posting on Facebook about me getting up and no, they're not going to, <laughs> but they will follow you. They'll follow you because you know, they know intuitively what you're doing. So you just got to keep showing up to be that person. And if you just start with something, if you figure out whatever technique it is, maybe it's you're going to do meditation, right? Maybe it's you're going to start a journal and you just, you share that, your struggles with that. Maybe you start a gratitude morning huddle. Maybe it's just that you just now legion rate for three or four hours every morning because that's been something that's escaping you. Maybe it's that you go out and hire the next person you need to go hire and you explain in that, like, it's a very critical hire for me and I don't really have the money to do it, but I'm gonna go do it anyways. Again, it doesn't matter what the technique or the action is. It's that you're doing something that other people know is difficult and that most people won't go out and do. That's how you go right when everyone goes left.
1: The shirt you're wearing today is actually perfect for this podcast because it says you can't do epic shit with basic people.
0: Yeah. Well, thank, I mean, it's, it's, we got our, our organization. I love these shirts, by the way, because yeah. it's, it's just so true, Yeah, right? You can't do greatness, right? With, with basic people. And we're not talking about the human being of the person. I'm talking about what, how they show up every day. So then it comes back to, then how do you hire? How do you attract the people that you really want to attract? I'll give you another tactical example on this of how to attract people and how to start learning. Once I realized, once I really got clear that business building was around people and you're like, wow, nice insight, Adam business equals people. That's great. I get it. Like everyone says they get that, but are your actions actually following the business? people? Cause if you realize that people are what's going to drive your business, when I realized that I then basically took, this is right when you came on, I basically took two years and there's two things that I did. One, I went out and I studied behavior. Like it just made it my one thing, behavior, 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 my behavior, other people's behavior. It was neuro linguistics programming. I mean, I got the Chloe Madonna, um, you know, I think there were CDs back then of what Tony Robbins and Chloe Madonna came together and taught all of their psychologists. I just masked, I just listened to them over. That's what, by the way, this is what I did on Saturday and Sunday. So as people understand this, I would get up in the morning and I would listen to these things for six, seven hours a day, non-stop. I didn't listen to four of their books. I listened to that book as much as I needed to before I could master it right? I just listened over and over and over and over again, right? And I just got it. But that's, that's what I did. I went out, mastered everything about behavior, new programming. I went to basically every Tony Robbins event. I would reach out. I would just, whatever level I was at, I was just playing at all these different, I was trying to gain as much knowledge around people and, and understanding people because leading and understanding people is what business is about. The other thing that I did is then I went around and started paying to go speak everywhere. I mean, like I didn't wasn't actually paying it. I was paying for my travel. I was paying for my time. I was paying for um, my hotels, and I was just speaking for free. And I went all over for two or three years before we even started getting people. Just started paying for our travel, right? And I just started speaking, just speaking everywhere. And I would
1: <laughs> because that for, that's one of the best ways that we found to, to attract, attract to people.
0: Out. And mm-hmm. so there's two things that I was doing. And so I said, well, if I'm going to be really serious about this people thing. Then I'm going to learn about people, including myself, and I'm also going to go attract people by sharing what I'm learning, trying to find the most highly successful people in the country by going around and teaching and speaking and getting your words out there. This is really I mean, maybe podcasts were out at the time, but they weren't really doing it at a high level and, and really social media really wasn't really That's 2010, that's 11, 10 yeah, ago. 10 years ago. So that's, that's the, the message that I went out and did is just, so I just, I did for two or three years and now it's really interesting when that actually happened, I started learning about people. Then my one thing became about consciousness, personal growth, spirituality, which is personal growth is what I was doing all along. But the next kind of the next trajectory in my life was the, how do I tie this back to the inward relationship? right? So it started off by doing everything outwardly. And then I realized business is really about people. So then I went after about people for that just made it my one thing, right? It's made it my one thing.
1: Which actually by years, I was gonna say, and having those people and leading through them, actually, I think created a lot of that space for you to then go on that next to that next level for you.
0: Exactly right. And then that next level was the next level to be able to bring people that are in my organization or who are thinking about joining organization or just listening to the things that we're going through to help them in their organizations allowed that to be the next chapter of my life. Hey, before you go in, we go. I wanted to make sure everybody was invited to an amazing community that we have on Facebook. Um, This is a conscious coaching Facebook group. It's hosted by myself and Carrie Heibel, our president of coaching. Look, what I love most about the group is the interaction amongst all the members that are in it that are bringing in questions as how to find talent to how do I get that voice in my head to stop to everything in between. And people are bringing in their experiences and their comments. It's a roadmap and a place to go to as you're on this journey through business and spirituality of mixing and merging the two together, realizing I want to grow spiritually, but I don't want to hang out in a cave. And I want to grow business wise, but I don't also want to make it the means to my end of not having meaning in my life. And so this is this community comes together to be able to share these ideas. And we tackle a lot of things there. So make sure you go and join Um, to find the group, just search Join Conscious Coaching on Facebook. And once you do, we look forward to connecting with you there.